WBNE. We want to let you know that this episode of Big and Eggs is brought to you by our patrons. If you like this show and you like the stuff that we do, the best way to support us is to go to patreon.com slash bacon and eggs and check out all the great reward tiers we have there. And then click on one of them and sign up. Patreon is a voluntary service where you get to send money to creators that you love so that they can continue to create the things that you love. Uh, if you get value out of this show, then uh, I hope that uh, you can send some of that value back to us. It, it really makes a huge, huge difference in our lives. So please consider uh, signing up on Patreon. So thank you so much for donating. Thank you so much for listening. And uh, tell a friend this week about your favorite episode of Bacon and Eggs, because we've been at it for four years now. And fun fact, if you're listening to this on, on Tuesday, October 7th, there's a new moon in the Thursday. sky. That's what I said. Thursday, October 7th, there's a new moon in the sky. So there that's, it is. That's all on brand. Let's get to the show. Yokes, and welcome back to Bacon and Eggs. I'm Tyler Carlin. And I'm Ethan Edgehill. And today we're werewolves. Or maybe we're just going to Italy. So where the hell have you been, Loka? And Bella, marry me. Because today we're bringing you Twilight, colon, or sorry, the Twilight Saga, colon, new moon. Oh, that's Twilight. Correct date. Oh, the Twilight Saga colon new moon was directed by Chris Weitz, had a $50 million budget, and you can see it. You can see that extra $12 million in here. Got a $712 million at the box office, got a 28% critic rating and a 61% audience rating on Rotten Tomatoes, a 44 on Metacritic. I have no idea when it came out. It was released on November 20th, 2009. Hey Siri, how many days ago was November 20th, 2009? It was like 4,330. It was 4,337 days ago. I was so close. Incredible that you just did that. <laughs> well, the other one was 4,694, and they were a day off. So. Yeah, my brain would have just exploded, so <laughs> it's fine. Uh, we're joined this week by none other than uh, Stephanie Meyer Scholar uh, and, 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 and foremost uh, authority on badass women in history and badass women in literature and, and fiction, uh, uh, friend, friend of the show, Julia Kendall. Hi. <laughs> Hi, Jules. Welcome Hi. back. Yes, thanks for having me. Um, you have cool hair now. It's uh, short. Not that yeah. You ever had bad hair? It's just very short, and it's, I like it. I like lost four pounds just cutting off my hair. Yeah. Oh, gotcha. I was like, what? I was like, I mean, props, but like that was really unrelated. <laughs> I meant, I mean, <laughs> I've also lost fifteen pounds just on my own, but like the hair Good helped. Good job. I thought you meant like since the last time we recorded, you were like, yeah, I've been, I've been keeping track. Bacon and eggs and bacon and eggs, four pounds out the door. Let's go. <laughs> well, I did buy, you can kind of, I bought a Peloton. <laughs> Look at That's you. That's a Peloton? Yeah, a Peloton tread. Yeah, yeah, yeah. My mommy has one of those. Yeah. My hips hurt. I believe it. Running I believe hurts. it. I could probably use one of those. Anyway, Julia, welcome to the show. We're going to talk about Twilight New Moon here in a second, but mm -hmm. I have a negative professional review here from, where did I put it? From Nick Shager of Lessons of Darkness, who says, a New Moon is only after the affectation of emotion, of swoon-worthy poses and faux-momentous aesthetics. Tyler, do you have a positive critical review for me for the movie I Twilight? I just want to say, movie. I have no idea what that person was saying. I think they're saying it's a, it's a crock of shit. 
it's you need to chill, buddy. I have two positive reviews, uh, and I'll run through both of them. Uh, Nell Minnow from Movie Mom says B plus, and Anna King from Time Out says four out of five. Nice, nice. Uh, that's that's my sort of. So we have a problem going into the uh, score column. We have a huge problem going into the the the, the we give scores column. Because, listen, I want to explain it right now. Twilight, first film in the saga, a clear 100%er. No discussion there. This movie is good enough that it merits a real score, but bad enough that it's not a good score, but good enough that it still needs to be a good score. Yeah. This is better than Twilight, but it's not a 100%er. This is, Julius Julius is agreeing here. This is far and away better than Twilight. I want to pull up some of the Discord reviews because uh, people have some thoughts that I, like, can't even imagine thinking about this. Give me me some Discord reviews, Tyler, and then I'll give you my score. I'll go first this week, actually. Uh, I'm a winner, says 19 out of 100. Bad source material led to a terrible movie. Worse than the first one, but not the worst of the series. Classic Kaysen says 25 out of 100. I love the Twilight series for the nostalgic meme, but man, the plot is convoluted. It is so frustrating to try and keep up with this mess. Uh, Beth Reekles says, oof, this one's maybe a 56 out of 100. A letdown after the first one. I know it's bigger budget, but it just seems to lose the aesthetic that worked so well for the first one. But hey, gotta love Charlie Swan and the Volturi are a pretty fun villain to introduce. Also, a few bonus points for the whole paper cut scene because just, wow, excellent stuff there. Just pretend I did that in like a really bad Welsh accent. I can't even kind of attempt it, but that's how Beth talks. It just works. It just works. It works. Great film. (laughs) Um... I'll go first this week, actually. Uh, I quite liked it. Here's the thing. I don't actually know what I'm going to say at the end of this. I have not picked out a number yet. Um, They had me. They fully had me right up until it was like, you know what we're going to do? We're going to go to Italy and we're going to fuck around with some Italian vampires for a while. And I was like, cool, whatever. Kind of fell off the rails very hard, Steph. But I get where we're going. Like we can end in we can end in Italy and it's fine. And they were like. Ah, but see, we've wrapped up everything in Italy, and there's still approximately 25 minutes of movie left. Back to Forks. Back to Forks. And, the, and the, I thought the end scene, if you'd cut out the whole part with Volturi in this movie, I think you're you're doing great. I don't have any problem with them being introduced as, like, the big bad type villain, Um, but it just felt so out of place in this movie. There's, like, it's a very long, convoluted thing they do with Bella and the Volturi. To then just go back to like, Bella, I don't like that you're hanging out with this Jacob kid and Jacob being like, Bella, I don't like Edward at all. Like, he sucks, bro. Like, and he sucks, Loka. <laughs> he sucks, Loka. And uh, yeah, so this is going to be like, uh, uh, I'm going to give this a 65. 65. Okay. I'm going to let Julia, you go next. <laughs> I have many. Julia's got a small kitten. Listeners, I do, I do. just want you to know. Um, I, I'm hoping he's not too close to the microphone because he's purring too loud. Oh, he's fine. It's whatever. Um, <laughs> oh, he's going to be like, oh, darn, purring noises. Um, Hate that. I mean, it is scientifically proven to help you yeah. help with anxiety. So, and I have anxiety after this. <laughs> um, uh, this is my least favorite, both book and movie, um, because like secondhand embarrassment for me was so high. Okay. Um, really? Yeah, I'm not sure, like, what, everything. Like, the, for, anyway, we'll talk about it, but, (laughs) um, I think a 42. Okay. For me. 
Dang, so 42 ranks in at the worst of the series. That kind of makes me think like we did the Phantom Menace with you. We didn't do ratings, but yes, we did. Right, but if you did rate the Phantom Menace on the fly, like right this second, where would it Um, fall? So since I've been doing the Star Wars, women of Star Wars, I think it would actually Mm -hmm. be about like probably a 57. Okay, so. I do like. And is that your lowest Star Wars? Yeah. Okay. Of the stuff I've seen, because I haven't seen all of the extra. Oh, yeah. No. Oh, my God. Like the. Uh, Somebody. The animated and the Mandalorian. You watched Mandalorian? No, I have not. Oh I, my god, you're Julia. in for such Julia, a treat. You gotta watch them. It's so good. I know, I know. It's so good. I have literally have a tattoo on my body of the Mandalorian. Granted, that so, is that is like a less extreme decision than it sounds like. I wasn't like, boy howdy, I'm gonna go today and commission a Mandalorian tattoo. It was like it's a good thing you didn't get like Cara Dune or something. Like I mean, that. for real, yeah. yeah. It's just the helmet. Um, yeah. But I was like, I was I was getting a Friday the Thirteenth tattoo, and like I had a different idea of what I was gonna do going in because they had like the flashes, mm-hmm. the flash sheets, and then I was walking up to the shop and like standing in line, and then they went up and just slapped a sheet of like Mandalorian flashes on the wall, and I was like, oh, I'm just gonna get that one then. So it's like literally like a spur of the moment. Fair. I have um, I've done spur of the moment tattoos. I actually have a my sleeve scheduled. We're doing full sleeve. I did the first part right there. But I've got I've got the, the top I'm half. The, the I'm doing the bottom half first. Yeah, I did the top half first because I need to lose weight before I do the fir- the top half. But anyway, Tyler, score. So, like, exactly what I said earlier, where, like, this is good enough that it merits a real score, but bad enough that it's not a good score. Yeah. I, I will say that, like, Chris Veitz, significantly better director. It's source material that I think is the problem here. Oh, it absolutely. Um, I, hey, I, I got 311 pages in. It's the problem. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, that being this, said. This, ooh, listeners. Can I for, tell for you? reference, I'm holding up a paperback copy of New Moon by Stephanie Meyer. This piece of crap is the problem. Can I tell you? Can I tell you a thing about New Moon and Eclipse? Yes, yeah. they weren't supposed to be written. So Stephanie Meyer wrote Twilight and then wrote Forever Dawn, which kind of turned into Breaking Dawn, which is the fourth book. And she, yeah. But when she got like her contract, it was for three books. So her plan was to do Twilight and then Forever, like Breaking Dawn, Forever Dawn, like split Forever Dawn into two. And they were like, No, we need them in forks, and we need a love triangle. See, I I, I actually so the first first I got, like I got a lot of things to talk about. So Tyler, do your score now. <laughs> Until we get to the Volturi, I thought that Edward was going to like do the Ben Solo thing and just appear there. And I was really like jazzed for that storyline. They could keep having these ghost moments. And as the viewer, you're like, is he there? Is he not there? Is he really communicating? Is this her subconscious? Like, I really thought we had something going on there. And then when it ended up being like, oh, he's actually in Italy and you have to fly to Italy and there will be no complications with an unemployed 18 year old flying from Forks to Italy and back. That part I was like, uh, well, you kind of have to like, yeah. Um, but I loved the chemistry between her and Jacob. I loved that Chris Veitz changed the way that he shot it. Um, all that to say, 61. So here's what I think about this movie. I just, I'm just going to dive straight into it. I think we're going to have another one. We talk a lot about the movie. Um, I have a lot of thoughts. And I want to start by saying this movie gave me so much clarity into the Team Edward versus Team Jacob thing. Yes. Because as so I did not watch or read these when I was a teen. Right. But I did watch and read the Hunger Games. And there was the whole like, I know they tried to draw the parallel and they were like, oh, are you Team Peter or Team Gale? So I assumed that Jacob was the Gale where like he clearly doesn't matter. But they're trying to insinuate the love triangle. But like, I had no idea that Jacob got an entire book about him with very little Edward in it. 
Yeah, and and I not have only no that, idea. like not only that, he like serves a purpose in Bella and Edward's relationship. Yes, well, and just you know? with Bella, who arguably matters more than her just oh, her yeah. relationship with no. Edward. No, I mean, uh, look, look, like look, just look, look, look. as a person, like you are, you are more than your relationship, dear listener. Oh no, yeah, 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 yeah. No, you, you are more than your relationship. I am more than my relationship. Tyler is more than his relationship. All of you listening are more than your relationship. Bella Swan's a piece of shit. I hate but, Bella so, Swan. So like, okay, I hate Bella Swan as well, but Chris Weitz gives us a Bella Swan that like reasonably falls in love with Jacob. Like yes. she has that conversation with Charlie that's like sometimes you have to lean into what, what gives you peace or whatever. Which yeah. I was like, wow, what a line. This is, I mean, if people are taking stuff from this movie, that's what you need to take. I, I'm on the Charlie train, by the way. I, I don't know if I was last week. I'm, the, I'm fully committed. He tries now. so hard. He tries so hard. Poor yeah. Sweet Bean. I um, love Charlie so much. All that to say, then we get this relationship between them where she's like, where you have such good chemistry building moments where Jacob's like, what would you have said if I told you that I couldn't repair these motorcycles? And she was like, I guess we would have had to found something else to do. Like, like they really, it just doesn't happen with Jacob. With Jacob, it's just, or with Edward, I'm sorry. With Edward, it's just like, I am irresistibly attracted to you. And they both are. And you just kind of have to accept that. But with Jacob, you get like a real love story there. And I'm, at least at this point in the saga, firmly team Jacob. I was for 75% of this movie until the, the until the phone call. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. yeah that yeah. is irredeemable um, what he does where, there. That well, is irredeemable. And yeah, in the book, he also, I don't remember this in the movie. I was getting ready while I was watching the movie this morning. So I don't know how, like, I don't think, I don't remember if this is in the movie, but in the book, he forcibly kisses her. Oh, that's not okay. Yeah. When? Which, oh, wait. I don't know if I've gotten there yet. Is it like early? Did you finish the first book, Ethan, or were you just like, oh, I got the gist? No, I finished the, the first book. Okay. I might be I'm miss- actually, I, real, real quick, while you're thinking about Julia, I want to go back and, and, and give old Steph a little bit of credit, okay? Wrong book. Sorry, my bad. Okay, cool. <laughs> I was like, I was like, that very much does not vibe with the Jacob that I'm no, reading here. No, it's... Because if, he, if, if you read if you read the book, yeah, that's you where, yeah. you understand why Jacob fall or why Bella falls in love with Jacob, oh, right? Yeah. Like he's like a he's a normal well, at least for the first sixty-ish, fifty, sixty percent of the yeah. book, just like a normal person. Yeah. And like so I wanna give I wanna give old Steph a little bit of credit here. The writing is ninety percent garbage. But there's there's ten percent in there that is absolute gold like there's a there's a part in the first book that, that this did not come across in the movie at all and i think it was a mistake but there's a part in the first book where it's either alice or edward or maybe both of them goes on this long uh tirade about how vampires evolved as the natural predator to humans and it's like very well written very interesting and like every now and then i'm like man these books are, are really good and then they're not <laughs> I th- so that was my thought watching this movie was like for by the end of the movie I was like oh it's a source material problem the whole Voltori thing you're gonna have to sell me on that in later movies uh, but watching it I was like oh Stephanie got an editor for this one the first one she wrote on like Wattpad or something they published it and then she got a book deal with a real deal editor and now we've got like a real story with real stuff going on probably a better book too maybe this is what the hype was all about and then i get on the call and julia's like this is my least favorite book everybody on discord's like this is the worst fucking movie i can <laughs> see this being the worst though like i so i don't know anything about eclipse like nothing whatsoever okay but i have watched kate watch a little bit of uh breaking dawn part one and two 
those are like proper movies by that point. Well, this one at, at points is a proper movie. Like even Bella's acting is significantly improved. No, nah, there's at the end of Breaking Dawn Part One. There's a scene where it just like it's and it's beautifully shot, beautifully edited, and it, I don't know what the context is at all, but it like cuts from Bella's face and she looks upset, and it cuts to Edward's face and he looks mad, and then it cuts down a hallway and Jacob is like looking sideways, about to walk out a door, looking pissed as hell, and it's like red screen with credits on it, and it's beautiful, okay. just solid filmmaking. No, Proper, like you like, can Tarantino type filmmaking. You can definitely tell throughout. Between watching like from Twilight through Breaking Dawn that the films just from a filming perspective got better. I like just watching even just the opening of New Moon. My first thought was, oh, yeah, this is just filmed better. This Um, is so much. They took the gradient away. I thought that was going to persist through all of them. No. Um, and you can, because this was, uh, at the time, Summit Films was like a eh, like a mid-grade kind of whatever film studio, at least from my memory. I haven't looked this up to confirm, but I do so, know, like, they, because they did this and, did they do Hunger Games too? The first they did one? this in the Maze Runner. That's what it was. Um, and, like, Twilight is where they just, they got in. Twilight is, like, a weird phenomenon that just hit at the right time to the right audience and just made a ton of money. And so, like, that almost, like, You're that is what made this film studio. These are incredible successes for an indie film studio mm. because, like, the first one was, like, a like a $40 million movie and it made, like, 400-something million. This one's a $50 million movie that made $700 million. And so Summit, what was Summit Entertainment, what is now Temple Hill Studios, is uh, Wick Godfrey and Marty Bowen. And they did like The Fault in Our Stars and The Hate You Give and Love, Simon and all of those movies like after doing Twilight. But this mm-hmm. is like where they became like business this- partners and filmmaking partners. So it's like wild that that was, I had no idea until I saw the production or the, the credits for this movie. And I was like, Wick Godfrey's involved with, I know that name from like good things, from things that are universally loved, like Love, Simon. Yeah, no, I... I um, unabashedly love Love Simon and Simon yeah. versus the Homeo Sapiens. Yeah, same. Homeo, the book. Um, that word that's hard to say. It is very hard for me. I always spell it wrong too. Yeah. Because I think I suggested that book slash movie 800 times. And, and honestly, honestly, I think the only, as far as things I've seen from them, the only thing that they've gotten wrong so far was Paper Towns. Everything else has been a better movie than it was a book. You think the Fault in Our Stars movie is better? I actually, I actually legitimately do. Yeah, I really do. If it, if not, it's, it's, they're like, they're, they're two sides of the same coin, right? If the, the movie is, or the book is not obviously better and the movie is not like obviously better, but like the book is not obviously better, right? Most times when you get movie to book adaptations, the book is obviously better for a lot of reasons, right? Like you can just say more in a book. Neither of these, I haven't finished new, or yeah, New Moon yet, but like neither of these is better as a book, in my opinion. Neither of these is better as a book. I agree. I like, so I read all four books when I was sick with the flu my senior year of high school. Yeah. Um, Because it was, I was home, my parents were in Hawaii and I got really sick. And so my friend just brought over all four books and I just read them. Like they were super easy. Like what I would quote, like say bathtub reads or oh, yeah. beach reads. Like they're yeah. super easy. You don't really have to think about them. Um, and I did enjoy them. I'm not going to lie and say I 
didn't enjoy them. I did. Yeah. I saw all the movies in theaters. Um, I saw the first, I know I saw the first one at the midnight, like the legit midnight premiere when they still did those. Um, I don't remember when I saw the other ones. I don't think I saw them at midnight, but I went and saw all of them in theaters. Sure. I um, would like to clarify my opinions on the books for a second. Mm-hmm. Um, they are not, in my opinion, they are not good books. If you're looking for good, well-written literature, it is not that. If you are looking to read 500 and something pages of something aggressively quickly, they are perfect for you. I would say they are ag- yeah. they are aggressively readable. They are page turners. Yeah, they're just super easy to read. Like it doesn't yeah. feel the font is also big. Yeah, I don't know if anyone else knows. Oh, sure, that. sure, sure. Like the yeah, f- no, absolutely. So like it does not need to be fine. I actually have because no. um, I bought all all of the books, which is a lot, by the way. There's I think seven total. Seven. So you have Twilight, New Moon, Eclipse. Breaking Dawn. Breaking Dawn. That's the Midnight Sun. Midnight Sun. The, the she did a t- a gender bent one for the tenth right. anniversary. Yes, and then the uh, short second life of or the the short second life of Brie Tanner. I think that's what it's called. It's like a short story. Yeah, who's Brie Tanner? Uh, you meet no her idea. in the third book slash movie. I don't know if I can read these, man. <laughs> I might at some no, point. No, Ty- Tyler, I'm telling you, they're you absolutely super, can. They're like super. They're <laughs> they super will, easy reads. Because I literally sat down and I was, it, once you get like, you got to get like five to 10, pa- you gotta, no, more than that. You got to get 50 to 20 pages in, right? Because if you try to, if you, if you try to just read the first five, 10 pages, you'll be like, oh, this is so, this sucks. Like it opens with the Shakespeare quote from Westworld. Mm-hmm. And like out of all the quotes you can, you can pick from Romeo and Juliet. You'd be like, these violent delights have violent ends. And then, and then Bella does this whole like premonition, like, oh, I'm going to die thing. Alice and I are going to die here about Italy. And then she's just like, here's a weird dream of my grandmother. And then all of a sudden you're, 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 you're 30 pages into the book and you're like, I am compelled to read the rest of this. <laughs> it is like that though. It, it really, um, it really is. They're so slow at first. And then all of a sudden you're just, I, cause they're, they never pick up, right? They're, no. they're always slow. This, none of them need to be four or 500 pages long. No. There's not 500 pages worth of material in that first book. No. The, the tracker vampire doesn't show up until page 403, oh, is it? which is crazy. Yeah, and he's there. He's literally in the book for like 11 pages. I want to make it clear. He's in the book for like 11 pages. There is no, in the first book, there's no, uh, there's no like, oh, James and Laurent and Victoria show up and kill Charlie's friend in the boat. It's just all of a sudden there are vamp. Alice is like, what is that? There are other vampires. We're going to Phoenix. They killed him. And, and you get whiplash from how fast the plot happens in this book. And it's the same with this one. Yeah. I think it's the uh, same in this movie. At least I got whiplash. I was like, I'm team Jacob. No, I'm not. Yes, I am. Wait, Edward's cool. No, he's not. Oh, I hate everybody. Why couldn't you just kill Bella in Italy? <laughs> yeah, I do dislike that they did because they did this in New Moon, like where they show the like that brief portion of the ending at the beginning. I didn't like that personally. Oh, the with the with Bella running through the yeah, I was the like people in red. Yeah, although the Volturi are like I mean that's what the, they do at the books. So they they I know they, I didn't like it in the books either. Yeah, I know. They feel an over... At least it wasn't the deer this time. Oh, like, yeah, that's fair. Deer were probably cheaper. But there, there <laughs> is an, there's an overly strong sense of attachment to the source material in these movies, which I think is really what hinders them. Because I, like the screenwriter does a better job of writing these books than Stephanie Meyer does, at least for the first two of them. I, I think they knew who they're... I think that was almost smart, though. 
because like they knew who their audience was and it get like yeah it was an indie yeah. studio and they knew their audience was going to be especially for the first movie and then yeah. going into the second was the well, teenage girls who'd read the books and loved you also the books. have to yeah you also have to compete with like what did people not like about the harry potter movies when they oh, strayed yeah. from the source material. Yeah. You know, and it's like, okay, well, then we just won't do that. What does our target audience hate about these? And then, because I think there was still some question about the la- like lasting legacy of the of the Potter books or Potter movies at this point, uh, which they're firmly cemented as like. I think only four of them had been made at this point, maybe five. The final well, one it- came out in, I know six came out in 2009. Because was it nine? That was the only one I didn't see in theaters because that was when I was at basic training. Then they had to have made at least uh, Prisoner by this point. Yeah. Oh, well, then I, if they saw Prisoner, I can totally get why Twilight 1 looks like Twilight 1. Oh, for sure. Yeah. Because you'd be like, how do I do that Alfonso no, Cuaron thing? Not Prisoner. Uh, I meant Order. Sorry. Yeah, Order was oh. my least. That was the movie I was most disappointed in uh, for Harry Potter was Order of the Phoenix, because that's unpopular opinion. That's my favorite book. It always has been. And I remember telling my brother before the movie came out, I was like, I don't even care what they do in this movie. As long as they keep the ministry the same, they did not. Well, and so this is, this is Prisoner of Azkaban for the Twilight series, right? Because this is not, this book, this movie is not about Edward. And it is sort of at the end, but it's not it's not about Voldemort, right? Like, right. it's the one that's not about Voldemort. So it's either going to be your favorite or your least favorite. No real middle ground there, it, uh, especially there's only four of them. Yeah, it definitely is my least favorite. And I forgot that it was my least favorite until I rewatched this movie. And I felt a weird, compelling need to, like, skip because I was so uncomfortable. So tell me about that. I didn't get that at all. And normally that is a big, big big sticking point for See, me. Maybe I didn't get that at all in this movie. I like, and maybe this, this is probably just a me thing, but like the incessant and like the PDA, like the gross PDA between Edward and Bella made me very uncomfortable. Like as somebody who like doesn't normally have an issue with too much PDA, okay. I don't know what it was about, like what it was about that. It like just watching it made me very uncomfortable. Sure. Um, I will say this about mo- or about both of these movies. By the time this movie ends, nobody has kissed another human being, not like a monster. Like every on-screen kiss is the most awkward thing I've ever seen in my life. Yes. Like, also, they don't. No, no actual teenagers were either harmed or consulted in the making <laughs> of those kisses. I don't think you're allowed to do that. Um, I, I don't. <sighs> I understand Jacob loses his shirt when he transforms into a werewolf. No, he doesn't. That's a movie thing. Right. Uh, why does Jacob have to keep losing his shirt? Oh, because he's he's huge and buff. I'll tell you this. There was one scene where there it's the first time Jacob has his hair cut short and they're talking to each other and it's a side profile. His neck is like a hundred feet long. He looks photoshopped on. And I don't mean photoshopped in the way that like, oh, his muscles are so ripped. You look photoshopped. I mean, like, you look photoshopped. Like a different muscly person is standing there and you're just standing there. You know what I mean? Like his neck is very long. Julia, I know that you're kind of the wrong person to ask about this. Uh, (laughs) Absolutely. But go ahead. (laughs) Is, but like you were, you were once a teenager when these movies were coming out, at least, you know, you were a high school senior when this movie came out. Is Taylor Lautner hot? 
Like, I mean, I thought so at the time. Um, I didn't think he was necessarily in the first movie. Well, yeah, no, he's not um, supposed to be either. He's yeah, supposed to be 14 he's or 15. Not, like, yeah. Um, and the but, wig is so bad. There's like a whole discourse on these wigs. <laughs> like, oh, it is downright racist. <laughs> uh, oh, not just his wig. Like everybody's wig. Yeah. Carlisle they, Cullen's hair is a sin as well. Like <laughs> it may not be a wig. I don't know. But like whatever they do with him I is think bad. They. Oh, there's like. Yeah. The wigs are a whole thing. in this Because it's like a different wig for everybody in each movie. Um, but yeah, the wig was awful. Um, I think it was maybe it was just like the hype around the movie. I didn't like um, at the time. I didn't like uh, Robert Pattinson. I didn't think he was attractive. But, like, I find, I don't know if, like, attractive is the right word for me, but uh, people who are in shape, like, that's what I, like, if you take care of yourself, muscle, that, to me, is, like, I guess, attractive. Yeah. It's weird, because, like, I'm not, like, attracted to them, but, like. No, sure. I can appreciate, but I can still appreciate a good body. I will say this. Robert Pattinson (laughs) in 2008 is objectively attractive in 2021. That's like he is he is the like the the Timothy Chalamet type that girls are into now. He uh, I, I'll tell you that I know that in 2008, had I watched these movies, I would have had like an identity crisis because I would have been like, I don't know which one of these two is the correct answer for what women want. I know that I look like neither of them. That's, That's true. what I yeah. know. The, <laughs> Most the, people do. Yeah. The answer is, the is like teenage girls were very divided on this via the interwebs and I don't like, I don't know if in 2008 I would have turned 16 I don't think I realized that like not all people who weren't me thought the same thing about everything like I was a very dumb 16 year old most 16 year olds are yeah yeah if you're 16 you're probably not dumb but I was but like um, even with this shirt on I've I just don't like Taylor Lauder's face and I mean I'm a like mostly straight guy so like it's not really for me but I don't know. I've just always thought he was kind of weird looking and that he was kind of a weird call to, to play the, the counterpart. To- it definitely was a weird call. Well, and so the thing is, he wasn't going to this. I remember this from back in the day. There was this controversy, controversy, um, because they were going to recast him for the second movie. They should have. Um, and he because he wasn't like muscular enough. And so he was not why they should have. That's not why they should have, but that's why they were going to. And so right. he was like, I don't want to lose this role because of that. Um, Cause I think what both he and probably uh, Kristen Stewart thought was like, this is a good franchise to get behind because like it's gonna, it's popular. Yeah. It really helped Taylor's career. <sighs> yeah. He's never recovered. Maybe mm-hmm. just now recovering. And, and it, it really sucked for Case 2 for a long time. Yeah, no, absolutely. Well, and the Pattinson thing is, like, Batman, though. Pattinson yeah. was the only smart one. He started denouncing it. Well, and he, his career wasn't good for a minute after Twilight either. Oh, for sure. But he, he started early. He got the work in ahead of time, right? Because he yeah. was, he was on the campaign trail for Twilight being like, these movies suck. Don't see them. Also, I'm Cedric Diggory. Yeah, he's like, also, I'm, I'm Robert Pattinson. I'm the greatest say, actor like, ever. You just haven't figured it out yet. Super random. But like on this note, I thought Robert Pattinson was more attractive as Cedric Diggory. 
than as Edward Cullen. Do you think a, a nice tan and a British accent? I mean, yeah, the, the, more the paleness does him absolutely no favors. Yeah, I the think hair it, does. The skin tone doesn't. Yeah, I think it was just like, especially like in the first movie, they kind of fixed it in the second movie, but not. It was like powdery pale. And I, I was like, there's thought, a certain, there's a certain way. It's between the like the only wearing pea coats and suits and like being like live that like he works in 2021 right he also like, drives like not cool cars very yeah, specifically like no, no 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 hold on hold on back up for a second <laughs> yeah. my guy my guy my guy edward cullen is obsessed with road safety and drives <laughs> volvos that Correct. tracks 100 that is attention to detail that makes me ethan edgehill movie lover and car guy <laughs> smile when I think about a safe vehicle to drive around in that will also get me where I need to go from point A to point B in comfort and speed, I think about a Volvo XC90. It's not what I think of. I don't know what I think of. The wagon. <laughs> wagon life, man. And they, I drive a that Jeep, being said, though. That being said, here in 2021, they have ruined the XC90. Um... They've ruined all cars, man. They've ruined We're all cars. A- all cars are crossovers now. All of them. Every single car is a crossover now, and it sucks. I'm- We're in car limbo, too, because we're about to have, like, all electric cars. Yeah. And Don't buy a new car right now. Bad idea. I, I did just buy a used car. Well, that's a used car. That's not a new car. Yeah. Oh, Julia, do whatever you want. You're a queen, and you can... You can live your life. Thank you. But now is possibly the worst time literally ever in human history to buy a used car. I mean, like you're right not now. wrong, but the reason yeah. why <laughs> this is the dumbest thing. This is my ADHD coming through in full force. Um, I was failing to change my registration on the Subaru to yeah. Massachusetts because like the RMV did not believe me that. And it was probably just the guy I got because I assume that they have transferred registrations from Texas before. It seems like yeah. a thing that would happen. But in Texas, you do not have a paper registration. That's not a thing. Sure. They, they scan your car. So sure. I had my receipt and they were like, yeah, this isn't it, bro. I was like, what do you mean? So when I had the after the second time I went to the RMV, I'm like, you know who would just do this for me? A dealership. <laughs> a dealership. Yeah. <laughs> So you you traded your car in to not deal with the DMV? That is... Hold on, hold on, hold (laughs) on. Peak. There's another reason. Say it, say it. There's another reason. What? You've said this. There's another reason why you wanted the... The Jeep? Why I bought the Jeep instead of the Subaru? Yeah, say it. Um, The Jeep has a heated steering wheel. (laughs) Exactly. Ah, yes. And remote start. Uh, thank Good you. enough reason thank you. to buy okay. a car. And, and Julia, I wanted you to say that because. <laughs> Love that. I got because to use it. Our parents' generation, for the most part, I know not everybody's parents were like this, Tyler's especially, but like our parents' generation denounced add ons for cars, right? Like heated seats, heated steering wheels, satellite radio, all of that was nonsense to our parents' generation. People uh, younger than them yeah, for, got it. For my parents, my mom got like the heated seats and the satellite when she bought her Mazda in 2008. Eventually. Yeah. yeah. But yeah. But like, I think the add-ons are important. If you're going to buy a car, especially a new car, just buy a car you like, for God's sake. Stop worrying about how much money it costs. F- you'll figure it out later. Dealers love this guy. <laughs> they do. They do. I'm, I'm, I, am team, I am team heated seats. I could never Ooh, go back to having no, a car with heated I, seats. And the renters aren't even bad here. So I, before I moved here, um, I drove a really crappy Nissan Sentra. Loved that car. My brother wrecked it. Um poor thing it was worth like two hundred dollars when i gave it to my youngest brother um but when i was looking for another car uh my number my top two requirements the first one was that it had power locks and they worked which the dealer looked at me like i was insane and i'm like you don't understand what kind of car i've been driving this is important to me that is that is that has been standard for over a decade (laughs) 
Not much of our decade. My uh, my Fit didn't have power locks. Okay, um, so my Nissan Sentra had power locks, yeah, but did. they did not work. The lock you fit I couldn't, power locks. Basically, I couldn't well, lock or un- I couldn't unlock my car. If my I Fit didn't it. have a clicker, but it had power locks. Yeah, it didn't have a clicker. That's what I meant. Oh, I just wanted working locks. Yeah, no, it had power locks because you you turned it left to unlock it. Yeah. yeah. I was going to um, say, that's been standard since the 90s. Like, oh, bless you. Uh, and then my other one was the heated seats. Like, I needed heated seats. And I wanted remote start, but, like, my budget did not allow for the remote start. Yeah. Um, however, my budget now did allow for the remote start, and that was very important to me. Boom. I'm proud of you, Julia. That's all I want to say is, like, if you're going to buy a new car and you want to get some, some perks on it, like, don't feel like you have to buy the basis base model car ever. Like, you'll you'll figure it out. Or you won't. We're all going to be in debt forever. Have a car payment. Eat uh, cheese. Live your life. I want, you know what I want is an electric vehicle, but I just don't want a Tesla. I just. So, what is that like? Having a Tesla? I just. I want one so bad. I want I'm one so, so bad. I'm so unimpressed with it. I want one I'm so, so bad. like. So my issue I just, with... I have I video evidence of you being impressed with a Tesla, Tyler. I do just want you I to know, know that. I know. And when we first got in, when I was like, oh, this is cool. But now it's just like, man, if you have a Tesla, I just... But you, have you ever been in one that drove itself, like, while it was driving? I wouldn't trust that. It's incredible. It's incredible. I would trust it. I, I, Anytime I rent a car and it has the adaptive cruise control even, I'm like... Like, then I get back into my car, I'm like, this is impossible. I How do people drive this way? Trucks, but I, don't I went know. to I went to, to India right before COVID happened, um, and a friend of the one of the people I was with picked us up from the airport. And he was like, hey, you mind if I autopilot us back to Richmond? And we're like, uh, what? no, we would love that. <laughs> Like, yeah, autopilot. And it just, like, worked. Like, it, it changed lanes. It, it it adapted on the highway. And this is on, like, I-95 coming out of D.C., coming out of Dulles. Hmm. Like, it got from 66 through the toll onto 95. People who know the Beltway are, like, know what I'm talking about here. And then he's like, hey, you guys want some food? And we're like, yeah. Uh. One of the guys in the car is like, could you find us Chick-fil-A? And he goes, Tesla takes us Chick-fil-A. And the Tesla was like, okay. So that's super impressive. Okay. And, it, and it pulled him off the interstate into a parking lot. And then it was like, you got to park. Hmm. Um, it was incredible. So the thing, the reason why I currently am not, I do not have the ability to get an electric car at this moment because of where I live. Mm. Um, I can't. Massachusetts, notoriously conservative. No, like I mean, specifically, <laughs> I'm messing with, I'm like, messing with you. specifically the apartment complex. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. And where I park, there's no, I can't plug a car in. Sure. Um, you know, it takes like 10 minutes to charge them, right? I have nowhere to plug it in. Anywhere. Right, like, but like you can go to like a charger for free and it takes like 10 minutes to charge them. Yeah. Like I don't have a gas station in my garage. Yeah. Same. I mean, I have a gas station next door, so. I mean, that's cool. <laughs> that gas station doesn't, in Massachusetts, the gas station doesn't have a supercharger. No. That's weird. Uh, but so like, I only go I, to two gas My parking garage has a supercharger. My, I don't, I don't get a parking garage. Well, I mean, I pay stupid. for it. Like, I no, pay money for it. I like, pay for my Ethan parking Ethan built spot. his own parking garage. <laughs> I built my own parking garage with my bare hands <laughs> I, and in Minecraft, and I put a Tesla <laughs> supercharger in it. Yeah, no. I... I'm sure I could find one here. Like, it's just a convenience thing for me. I No, for sure. It's it's absolutely a convenience thing that I couldn't just charge it here because I can barely remember to get gas when I need it. Julia, I am 100% messing with you. Thank you. <laughs> yeah, you like, don't have to get an electric car. You don't car. have to get an electric car. I like my um, Jeep. You, I mean, you will at one point. See, here's but. my problem. Um, <laughs> I, don't, I can't get an electric car because I'm poor. That too. I cannot afford it. Electric cars I, uh, are like expensive. So I can make some payment. of them. I could make the you payment, could, but the bank would not give me the money to buy one. 
I think the challenge is uh, like you could get a used Nissan Leaf or something for like eight grand. Like they're out there, but I just. Well, I'm not going to do that. No, I know. I'm not going to either. I'm going to. I want a truck. I want an electric truck. That's what I want. I mean, that's actively becoming a reality as we speak. Like, I know. I like that's becoming more and more affordable. And I knew that this was going to happen. I truly, as soon as the Cybertruck got announced, I was like, Ford and Ram and Chevy are not going to stand for this. They'll let oh, them, yeah. they'll let Tesla have the cars. They won't let them have the truck. No, yeah, Ford is and going to have And immediately Ford was like, yeah, we've got the F-150E, and it's got a, a million foot-pounds of torque. And Chevy and Ram are like, frick. Okay, well, the thing um... Is, you ever been uh, in an and electric Chevy's car? Like, and Chevy's like, Chevy's like, yeah, we got a Silverado E. And, and Mopar is like, put a Hellcat in the minivan! <laughs> no, wait, that was the wrong idea! <laughs> Have you ever been in an electric car? It's all torque, man. It's, it's all, all torque, torque yeah. all the time. I don't think yeah. I've actually been in an electric car, to be honest. Because um, I think, A, living in Texas, electric cars were just not, fe- like, literally just not feasible. Sure. I could I could barely make it through West Texas on a gas car. Sure. Um, <laughs> like, that I got, like, 20 miles per gallon on. Sure. So that's one thing. Um, and then moving up here, I moved here right before COVID. What am I like? I've yeah. not met people. I don't have, fr- oh. I have one friend <laughs> up here. <laughs> I have one friend. He's on this call. But yeah, no electric cars. I mean, electric trucks make the most sense more than electric cars. Like absolutely electric truck makes the most sense. And like those, um, those Tesla, uh, semis are selling like crazy. They're not like, they're not flashy. They don't, they don't like make up in the media, but like the numbers on those things are crazy. I think that's the other thing with Teslas for me is I like to drive not flashy cars. <laughs> like not, I don't know. I drive a Jeep, like a Jeep Cherokee. What kind of Jeep? It's a Jeep oh, Cherokee. Oh yeah, that's not flashy. No, no yeah. that's not fair. That's not flashy no. at all. And then I had a, a Subaru Crosstrek. That's kind of a little flashy. bit of flash too. It's that comes in that, that, comes in that orange color. Um, that it's is the color. Flashy. That's the color I almost bought it in because I drove a yellow Nissan all through all through college, and I missed driving a brightly like a different colored car because I never had to remember where I parked. When they when they released the Crosstrek E, yeah. Um, if the Crosstrek has a heated steering wheel, I can't go back. I don't so, think you understand. <laughs> I my mean, certainly, it, certainly, certainly we are not. moments away from a Crosstrek having a heated steering wheel. I think the new... Because I know that it's an option think, on the Outback. I think the 2021s have them. So... I was not li- I I was have, looking at I drive a Mazda CX-3. It does not have a heated steering wheel. It does have heated seats. Uh, it's a very bad leather steering wheel that I need to get replaced again for the third time. Um, because the leather keeps coming off. It's garbage. But I love that car dearly. But when I bought it, it came in red, white, gray, and black, right? Yeah, Mazda made a mistake with that. No, because now, and this is the thing, is I want to get a new one. I don't. Obviously, I'm not going to buy the same car twice. Life is too short for that. Um, But Mazda makes this beautiful, beautiful deep blue color. Like, <laughs> not quite navy. No, that's the color that my mom had. Yeah. yeah. And now they make the CX-3 in that color. I, that was the color I wanted it in because I was about to buy a Mazda 3 hatchback in that color my mom yeah my but it yeah. was just it was more money than i wanted you, to spend ethan you know you drive a mazda 3 hatchback right you know that the cx3 is just a lifted mazda yeah, but it's, 3 it was hatch. cheaper right but it's the same car sure but i was yes i know it was the same car but it was like i was between two cars on the lot and i wasn't going to spend three thousand dollars for a paint color right that makes sense no that's uh my mom bought a 2008 mazda 3 my younger brother drives it and it's in that blue color and me yeah, and her actually well, had this discussion because she now drives they a, make the cx3 the CX-5 and CX-9 in that color now. I saw one in real life yesterday. It's incredible. Yeah, because my me and my mom were actually having a discussion about because she drove that blue car and I drove a yellow car. 
And to be clear, I didn't like the yellow car. I, lo- I mean, I loved it. It was. I a want great a yellow car. car so bad. But like, I want a yellow car so bad. At the time, I didn't love it, and then I gave it to my brother and bought like just a white Subaru that everybody drives. Everyone has a like, and I, I forgot how to remember where I parked. That's fair. I almost bought a Crosstrek, but I absolutely was going to buy it in that orange. Oh, I that that was when I was buying the new one. So I my financial situation when I bought my 2014 Crosstrek was uh, I bought that 2014 white Crosstrek because it was on a Ford lot and they couldn't sell it for like 32 sure. days. And it was cheap. <laughs> like yeah. It was like $14,000. And I was like, great. Well, um, the good thing is this: the Crosstrek now comes in a, uh, a hybrid option. I can buy this brand new Crosstrek hybrid, including a pet harness, for only forty thousand dollars. Hey, dude. Hey, dude. Just buy That's a gas just cars out back, now. my guy. Just buy a gas outback. It's better. You're That's better just off. Just cars now. Oh yeah, the, the outback is better in almost every way. I think if I do do the Subi life, I'm just saying, if you're gonna spend forty grand on Subi, just buy the outback. Yeah. I think I would go for an Impreza. I like the. I actually. This is a very unpopular opinion. I'm a, I'm an Impreza sedan guy. I think they look very nice. I yeah, small. Ever, ever since they redid the body style in like 11 or whatever, absolutely Impreza sedan over Impreza hatch. For sure. Yeah. For sure. Can uh, I put a bicycle on top? Probably not, but I can put one on top. Oh, the you back, sure so can. Absolutely. They make they make a Tuli bike rack for the Impreza sedan. Are you kidding me? Oh, yeah. Like, are you kidding me? Subaru sure is they. for like outdoorsy yeah. and lesbians. Julia, I almost said or when you were like, I couldn't get the, the Subi registered in, in Massachusetts. I was like, yes, yeah, because you're not lesbian enough. <laughs> not you're not you're not lesbian enough to own a subaru in massachusetts and that was the massachusetts way of telling you <laughs> they were like, was like you should you, you should, should just buy a jeep you should just buy another lesbian car you should buy a jeep you're straight <laughs> except i'm not that either i know you're not but that's what massachusetts <laughs> thinks you are clearly because they wouldn't let you have the subaru <laughs> they're like you don't get the subaru you are neither a soccer mom this is the nor thing about, so this is the thing about subies there are three kinds of people that drive subarus there are like certified adult moms there are lesbians and there are the worst people you've ever met in your life and then my grandfather who's none of those things your mom's your grandfather's a certified adult mom like he falls into that (laughs) unless he's a lesbian (laughs) because he's certainly not a ricer guy like no he's just he's owned a subaru like since before my dad was born but like you have that you have the people that are like oh i want the subaru because it's practical and roomy and comfortable and wait no that's that's why i bought it though yeah, you're a certified adult mom. We just look, Julia. We just went over the fact that you're not lesbian enough to own a Subaru, and you're not a ricer guy. Okay, you have to fall in one of the three categories. I don't make the rules. I'm, a, I'm, I am the mom friend. You are the mom friend, especially since you went from the Subaru to the Jeep Cherokee to get the heated steering wheel. Hey, that heated steering wheel. So it's been like we've hit certified fall up here. Like the leaves oh, yeah, are changing. I'm so jealous. I'll be there in like three days. Are you really? Oh, yeah, I'll be in Boston on Tuesday. I forgot to tell you this. I just fi- I just like confirmed these plans today. That's I'll fun. be in Boston on Tuesday. On Tuesday? Yeah. Not Monday? I'll be in Brooklyn on Monday. Yeah, those are not. I mean, yeah, those no, are not the same. Not the same. I could drive to Brooklyn. I just have to work. <laughs> Don't drive to Brooklyn to hang out with me. I'll see you in literally in the like three weeks anyway, four weeks or whatever. Uh, yeah. You'll be here for Thanksgiving, so I'll yeah, see you. Yeah, I will. You're coming to Verona or to yeah. the Star City for, for old Gracias Dar? Yes. Wait. It's a good town. Yeah, I've enjoyed it. I need to. Yeah, I tried to, to find. Myself. I tried to find a job there, but my industry is not present. Dude, th- like, listen, there's not a ton of industries here, okay? But there is inexpensive housing for work from home. 
which is making Roanoke uh, um, on the I top quite top. literally cannot do my job from home. It is impossible. Right. Yeah, right. Julia and but, I were talking about this literally last week. <laughs> and I was like, you, she was like, I was trying to move to, to the Roanoke area. And I was like, yeah, this is the worst area, of, the only bad area of Virginia for what you do. Yeah, it quite literally. Well, and I don't want to live in D.C., that's my but other you answer. could. But I don't want to. Yeah, me neither. I could. I could. Like, my job is very big there. D.C., yeah. Boston area, parts of Texas, and California. And then random places, like Cuba. Let's talk about Twilight! Like, yeah. So we're talking about Edward Cullen's love of Volvos. <laughs> which is, a vi- I think, Vol- I think is brilliant attention to detail by old Steph. Um, Wait, is that a book thing? Yeah. Yeah, yeah, he yeah, drives yeah, a, no, like, yeah. he drives a silver Volvo. Yeah, in, in, the, in the first book, she's like, Edward drives a silver Volvo and his sister Alice drives a red Mercedes. That's Rosalie that drives the red Mercedes. Oh, Rosalie. Who is my favorite character. I like all, I, legitimately, legitimately, there's so many people who are like, oh man, the Collins are bad people, clearly. I well, like all of them. Um, I have interesting thoughts on the Collins. What do we think of Jazzy Jasper? I love um, Jasper. No, no, no. Love Jasper. Big, Negative. So Big Jasper So fan. the issue I have with Jasper is Stephanie Meyer made and i don't think you find this out till book three so i'm going to spoil this for everybody okay um decided because this is a weird trope in vampire novels that jasper was going to be a general in the confederate army why why i mean i can and she like did a shit ton of research to make sure she got the name right like that's the only thing she did like a ton of research on in this whole book because she didn't look at forks Actually, she Googled the rainfall rainfall in the United States. And that's yeah. how we ended up with Forks, Washington. Forks, Washington. Yeah. Taking place there. I just. We got to go think, back to Forks. I think Jasper could have been a great character. I would have loved him. I don't understand why he needed to be a Confederate soldier. And I don't understand why that's a weird trope that white women vampire authors have. Because it's not like it's just Jasper Cullen. Okay. But like, here's the thing you have to understand, though. Like. We can look at Jasper through a 2021 lens and be like, look, it was bad for him to be a, a Confederate soldier. But like in when did these books, when did this book even come out? Like 2005, what, oh, 2005, this one was somewhere around there. Yeah. See that. Um, no, we back still then, we still knew the Confederacy was bad. Yeah, we did. Obviously. Um, yeah, guys, but we didn't, though. OK, like we, we knew, but we didn't accept and Julia, you might, I refuse to believe that you did in Texas, but we so, certainly did not um, in Virginia. Him we, being him being a Confederate soldier back in 06 or whatever made him tragic, complicated, and interesting. Now it makes him a piece of shit, okay? Mm-hmm. I get it. I understand where we're coming from. But like in 2005, 2004, 2006, whenever, whenever old Steph was writing these books, that made him tragic, complicated, and interesting. Because Does the implication is, The implication is clearly he fought for the wrong side, but he was... You know, it was the war between the states. It was the war between brothers. He was forced to do things he didn't want to do. No, he did Jasper it. He, is constantly no, no, forced no, to no, do no, things he didn't no, want no. to do. He chose to do that. He lied about his age. He was good at it. I'm not going to spoil the rest of it for you. But it, he wasn't forced to. I, I have heard... Julia, I'll be 100% with you. Okay? I'm going to be 100% with you right now. Out of all the people I've talked to, which is not, not zero, but also not a ton. Out of all the people I've talked to, I'm not saying this is right or wrong. Out of all the people I've talked to, you're the first person to raise... Not objections, but to to let that ruin Jasper's backstory for you. Um, I'm not saying I'm going to disagree or agree, but like I I know I, a lot of people that very much vibe with Jasper, not because of the Confederacy, but just because of his and personality. I I get that I do. I just like uh, yeah. I get what you're saying though. Like like you are obviously correct. Okay, um, like 
I want to make it clear that your way of thinking is correct. Well, and then like the kind of the the issue I have with I have a lot of issues with Stephanie Meyer, but I also understand Stephanie Meyer in a way a lot of people can't because I was Stephanie Meyer. You want to get into that? Yeah, let's talk about it. Let's talk about Mormonism in Twilight. There's so much. Ooh, let's fuck, let's fucking talk about it because um, I have I as somebody who has very little connection or interaction with the with the LDS Church, uh, I have no idea what you're talking about. Oh yeah. Um, so uh, listeners, I do a series on my TikTok that is weirdly popular. I guess not weirdly, very popular called Mormonism in Twilight because Twilight's going through a weird renaissance. Um, and it started when Midnight Sun came out because Midnight Sun came out earlier this year. And people were asking like, why did Stephanie Meyer do X, Y, Z? And I was like, oh, Mormonism. And she has admitted that like she did write Mormon stuff into the book. She said some of it was accidental. But also, if you've ever been Mormon, it's a high demand religion. Um, meaning like when I was active, uh, I grew up Mormon, I think also. So sure. <laughs> to clarify. So when I was uh, a member, I would spend 10 hours a week at church physically there in the building. And that would didn't count any of the stuff I did outside that had to do with church things. I went to seminary every morning for an hour. So it's five hours. We had three hours of church on Sunday. It's two hours now. They changed it. Um, and then like two hours in the middle of the week. And then not counting like if you had callings. It it takes a lot of time. And there's a lot of interesting beliefs within Mormonism. Sure. And a lot of them are in Twilight. For example, Carlisle Cullen is Joseph Smith. I thought that was going to be the case. Yeah. That like, Okay. Like just he he's like... For the, me an idiot. Can you explain? Yes. <laughs> so... Carlisle Cullen was turned into a vampire. Like, the Cullen family in and of itself represents Mormonism. Like, these perfected beings who were once human, who become perfect and white. Um, that's important to remember. <laughs> the and white part. Um, they kind of represent Mormonism. And the Volturi are Catholic. <laughs> Just okay. Yep. Oh, interesting. Okay, yeah, um, yeah. Which is very on the nose. Like, they're named after saints. Um, yeah. And in Italy. But Carlo Cullen was turned. He never drank human blood. So he was always this, like, pure vegetarian um, vampire. And he brought... Oh, they didn't make that reference again. Thank God. Oh, sorry. Just... <laughs> um, and he, like, brought people into his family and, like, perfected them and forgave them. And you really see this in Midnight Sun when you hear how Edward describes Carlisle as, like, almost a... Like, he describes him as a perfect, loving father, right? Sure. Um, but he really represents, like, the founder of this family and the founder of the Mormon. Like, this perfected version of Joseph So does, does that make Edward Brigham Young? Um, so I've been asked that question. I would say no. I think Edward Cullen is your like person who's just struggling with I think like so you see a lot especially with the women characters within Twilight um with, with uh Bella Rosalie and Leah are like the three different facets of women within the Mormon church so you have Bella so who's guess- like the perfect convert and then you have Rosalie yeah. who's stuck and doesn't want to be there and then you have Leah who's ostracized because she is man like in a man's role Leah is Harry's daughter, right? Yes, she is yeah. the lone female werewolf. Okay. Oh, she's she a wolf? is not a character in this. Yeah. Oh, 
Is she not? She's in the I, book. She, I think she's in the she book. She is in the book, but she is not a a wolf yet. As of page 311, she is not a werewolf. Okay. My bad. Actively. Which is, I, I don't care. Like, I'm not upset that you spoiled it for me. Um, I will have read all the books by the time we watch the next movie. No, I like, yeah. so it's just, um, there's just a lot Harry of- deserved better, by the way. Graham Greene deserves better every time, but Harry Clearwater deserved better than to die of a heart attack from yeah. being attacked by Victoria. I just want to say that. Um, yeah. Harry How good great. do you think Bella Swan smells? Got to be incredible, right? It's got to be. Well, I thought that she smelled incredible, but they make a comment about the way that she smells and that they're like, you smell like a wet dog right now. What's that? And that's well, the she scent like Jacob. of Jacob. I it's... know that Jacob smells like wet dog, but like the whole thing is that Bella smells good, like delicious. To Edward. T- to and all Alice. Of them. And Alice. Well. Because Alice in the first one comes up to her and she gives her a big sniff and is like, wow, you do smell good. Because the the gay panic between <laughs> Bella that and Alice is such a is thing so in, intense. Like, the fandom. Especially in the movies. Like in the fandom, that is a big thing. I've been asked that question. They're like, oh, what do you think like would happen? Like, do you think Stephanie Meyer would have ever? And no, there would have never been. No, a, it would have never occurred a, to Steph no. to do um, just like any of them to be homosexual or of color in any way. Oh, she very specifically thought. Except for the, the, the Native Americans. Uh, thought that all vampires, like, has very specifically come out and said all vampires are white. What about Laurent? Uh, she fought against that decision. That was Catherine Hardwick. Catherine Hardwick also wanted to cast Alice as um, a person of Asian descent. And Stephanie Meyer said no. Like fought it. See, actively. on one hand, I totally, I totally vibe with that. On the other hand, like the casting of Alice Cullen is so perfect. Yeah, no, I don't like the, the woman that plays Alice Cullen is Alice yeah. Cullen. Like, oh, absolutely. I think she did a really good job. I'm not she's disparaging so cool. her. She's so cool. They're all so cool. But um, no, like Stephanie Meyer has very actively stated in interviews that. All vampires, regardless of what race they were when they were living, are white. And that is... Well, they, they even make they make uh, Laurent super pale in this movie. Um, and that is another uh, Mormonism thing. <laughs> oh, Mormons don't like black people? That's news. Oh, or the Native Americans. Um, but they... Yeah. Within Mormon doctrine, um, the belief is that angels are perfected humans who glow. Really? Yep. Okay. Um, and uh, are white. There, there's like a whole white and delightsome thing within the Book yeah. of Mormon. Um, and newer, like younger members who didn't grow up, like when I grew up or when Stephanie Meyer grew up within the church, will be like, "Oh, that's not doctrine. It is. It was. It's still there. They just yeah. realized that like that's not good PR, and they need. To, but Mormonism is a very white religion and a very like, no way right. It's crazy. <laughs> also, I, I I have bitten several tongues now <laughs> at this point. Um, and the way that she treats the, um, I'm going to mispronounce it. People correct me. The Quillite tribe? Quillite? Quillite. Quillotes, I believe. Sure. Quillotes. I've been yeah. corrected differently every time I've I'm not sure if wrong. that's right, but that's, I think, what they call them in the movie. Mm-hmm. Um, the way she treated them both in the books and in real life is atrocious. I believe it. Um, because she profited off of telling their stories wrong. Yeah. And gave them no benefit. I'm sure. And she that doesn't shock me at all. bastardized a lot of their beliefs. Yeah. 
And also, like the descended from wolves thing is like a Rome thing. Like that's where that story comes from. Yeah, right? I don't think Remus and Romulus were the only werewolves ever. That's, I mean, that's where my mind goes to when somebody says descended from wolves. Maybe it's because I studied Latin and not Native American history. I don't know, but yeah, I don't, I don't know um, too much about like that. Just in the real world application for their me either beliefs. Um, but I know she did bastardize quite a bit of it. Zero um, percent shocked about that. And um, treated them very like the way she describes them in the book and even in the movies, some of the lines because they're pulling from the source material. Um, like when Alice in the movie says, I can't see anything past uh, you and your pack of mutts is pack what she of says in the movie. That is very um not great yeah. to say. That's never been an okay phrasing. Nope. That to me was like the mud blood moment though. Where it's yeah, like, no, that's exactly what they're going for there. Yeah. It's right, a very where it's like, good But like in evil. universe, this is like in universe, this is racist. Like they, yeah. we, the audience know that this is bad. Yeah. But like even in the books, it's, and in the later movies that continues, it's not that it's, yeah, it's racist and derogatory because it's not just even, it's not just even racist. It's like you the are way, below me. The way that she writes about the Quiotes in the book is it's like, it's dismissive and disgusting and fetishizing at the same time, mm-hmm. which is so weird because she's so like the, again, again, we're back to the way, the way Bella talks about men specifically Edward and specifically Jacob is so horny all the time. But she also just like says these things constantly. And I'm just reading it. I'm like, you can't say that. You can't say that. You can't say, you can't, you can't say that. And it's, and a lot of it, it's not even that, oh, it was written in 2005, so we can... Go. No, that was not nope. okay in 2005. It wasn't okay in 2005. Like, okay, going back to, okay, you could probably forgive the Confederate thing if she didn't double down on it later. That's not where it's you. like, she's doubled down, like, she has doubled down and said that that was very important to the story. It wasn't. He could have, like, sure, if it was so important for him to be from Texas, there was a whole other war you could have used. That was not the, that was not the Civil War. And then they cast Graham Greene and Gil Birmingham, who have been like, as, as uh, Billy Black and Harry Clearwater, who have been like, you know, speaking up for their, for their tribes and for their nations since before she wrote these books, right? Like, like it has not been okay since before she wrote them. And she knows it clearly. She, she probably didn't at the time. And this is another thing where I have no, the, mm. the writing here feels willful. It really, so and maybe, it, maybe this is just my lens reflecting back on it. And maybe it's just cause I don't know anything about, uh, what she grew up in her life, but like it, feels willful so it really does. as somebody who grew up the same way that stephanie meyer does and this is because i've had a lot of people come at me and they're like oh don't you hate stephanie meyer i'm like no i don't because i grew up the exact same way um granted my parents are infinitely awesome and very accepting but they're still they were still also raised in this sure. religion and i was raised in this religion and i was very like i knew a lot of Thing. I did grow out. I did grow up outside of what we call the bubble, which is Utah, sure. Idaho, parts of Arizona. I did not grow up in a very Mormon community, unlike Stephanie Meyer. So that's kind of where my life and her life differ. And I'm I'm about ten years younger than she is. Um, which in the span of like how fast Mormons Mormonism changes its doctrine is right. nothing. In 1978, God changed his mind about black people. Mm, wow. 
But the <laughs> the way that the LDS church views the indigenous people of the Americas, so both the North and South America, so not just Native Americans um, to like North America, is not appropriate. Oh, I'm sure. Um, so the belief is that they came over from Israel, like about 600 BC. Right. And um, two brothers were cursed with black skin or cursed with dark skin. And as they became more righteous, this is where the white and delightsome comes in. Uh, as them and their descendants became righteous, they would become more white and delightsome, meaning the color of their skin would change. So the view of the indigenous people of the Americas through the LDS lens is that their lines were cursed. And up until the 90s, I think 96, there was what they called the Lamanite Relocation Program, where they would take kids to foster with a Mormon family. And um, there was a lot of kind of gross... They've scrubbed this from some of their sites, but you can still find them on like archives and stuff from like General Conference talking about how as these children were raised in righteousness, their skin became lighter. And it's disgusting. So it is the and but they don't teach it like it's derogatory. So like when I was six learning stuff like this, I didn't know better. You can't blame six year olds, right? Like, but that's like, but the indoctrination starts that. And so I right. And she went to BYU. Yeah. Um, and Mary, you can't blame six-year-olds, but at some point you have to start some blaming point, the adults that yeah. were six-year-olds. Yeah. And so she, I don't, she, and she stopped talking about religion probably 10 years ago. I have a theory, because especially when you read through her books, going from, in the order that she wrote them. So she wrote them, Twilight, kind of Breaking Dawn, because Forever Dawn turned into Breaking Dawn, yeah. New Moon, Eclipse. Then she wrote The Host, uh, The Chemist. Uh, the Host is so fucking bad. But if you oh have, God. if you've ever deconstructed specifically Mormonism, um, but I would venture a guest for evangelicalism as well, you can see the growth in her as a person with what she's writing about, especially when you get to The Chemist, uh, which was not a very popular book. Um, and she and she also wrote Twilight. And this is like kind of the word. She didn't write Twilight to publish it. Um, that wasn't yeah, her intent. Yeah, that's clear. No, we're, we all yeah. know that. <laughs> but she she said in interviews she because she wrote it after after the birth of her youngest son, and she had she has said in interviews that she wrote it to escape her family. So she I think she was using it to work through some stuff, and I don't know where she ended up, but that's just and she doesn't talk about that, and you don't as an author she doesn't have to talk about her religion. She stopped talking about it, and that's her prerogative. Um, I do believe her son recently went on an LDS mission. So I do believe she is still at least sort of LDS. I don't, she doesn't talk about it. But I like reading through it as somebody who's gone through that deconstruction um, for the last like eight years of my life. And I'm still not fully there yet. It looks like she was working through it. Which is not yeah. an excuse, but like, I understand. Now, and, and what you just told me makes the fact that she writes about the about Jacob and his friends as being like bronze and copper and russet skinned feel so gross mm-hmm. and Ugh. i didn't and it and, was gross when i was reading it but now just like having that context i'm just and saying like, oh. so the thing when i first read this when i was 17 i didn't see it i didn't to no. be honest yeah no i mean i get it's it's buried pretty deep and like if you didn't know a mormon or i didn't have this context like i never would have gotten it it just feels like gross i mean i wouldn't say that the the um 
I wouldn't say the evangelical Christian allegory is lost, <laughs> but the specific LDS allegory is kind of lost just because I don't know the mm-hmm. the teachings and of it, that. And like uh, listening to your episode thing. with. Uh, I cannot remember her name. I'm so bad with names. Kayla. Yes. Um, and just listening to some of the things that y'all were saying, I was like, oh, yeah, no. Like, she talked about the quintessential Mormon outfit. I was like... <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Yep. And, like, it's it's clear that... And it's so weird in, in a world where... I know that Edward eventually refuses to have sex with her until they get married. Like, I know that that's a thing. But, like, it's so weird to introduce that after she's already introduced an allegory for that whole thing because like Edward refuses to bite her, right? Refuses to change her. Mm-hmm. Right. And like, she's so horny to get bitten and throughout these whole books and movies. It's actually painful. The, the one thing that I actually applaud Stephanie Meyer for, was it well-written? No, but I think the intention there, especially like getting into the later books, um, having grown up in purity culture where those thoughts and those like where you could be punished just for having those thoughts. Yeah. And especially after the wedding with what happens after the wedding, um, some uh, women within that purity culture kind of feel like they've lost their worth, right? That's very common because they're told that their worth is tied to their purity. And now they are not, even though like it was, supposed to be like even though they waited till marriage but those feelings of like oh now i'm not like worth anything anymore that wasn't in the book bella felt good afterwards she enjoyed it like she all of that like almost acceptance of that was like the sure. one thing i super commend stephanie meyer for putting that and having those like having bella have those thoughts and be like it's normal for girls to have these thoughts it's okay. You can celebrate whenever you decide to. And like they decided to after marriage, that's fine. It's a good thing. It is not, you are not, uh, you are not unworthy afterwards. And that is yeah. one thing I commend her for putting in those books. No, I'm with that completely. Yeah. Also, just as long as we're talking about purity culture, uh, Rhett and Link just did a ear biscuits about uh, growing up and dating in purity culture in North Carolina. And it was oh. a fantastic listen. Um, listen that's it. their podcast. Yeah. Um, I don't quite know that they were they were LDS or something like that, but I think they were a similar, not a similar, but like a sort of. I mean, I aggressive Christian upbringing. I grew up in the Bible Belt. Like, yeah, it. You guys kind of, you guys grew up in the South. I'm sure, even if you uh, were yeah, involved. Yeah, no, we were. Yeah, but like, yeah. but like Tyler, Tyler didn't have religion in his house when he was a kid, and I definitely did not grow up <laughs> to as as the the child to a Bible thumper by any means. No, no, I didn't. But I did like the girl I dated all through high school. Went to Catholic school until she came to our public high school. Uh, I think she has very much deconstructed that by this stage. But, like, it definitely was a part of my romantic life, for sure, Yeah, during high well, school. Well, and I don't know if you guys had the... I- Again, I went to public school in Texas, um, but that was pushed in public school, too. Yeah, it was not, ours as well. It was, yeah, it was we not had super, super thing. pushed. We definitely had abstinence-only ed- education. Our, our um, sex ed was called Worth the Wait. Yikes. Yep. I mean, ours ours wasn't too far off of that. I, I definitely had to sign, like, a pledge. Oh, no, like, that was the I would, name. Yeah, I would have stayed. The from, name of the course was called Worth the Wait. Yeah. <laughs> TM. Yeah, I, like, look, I grew up I grew up Catholic, but I came to it of, of my own volition. Like my, my grandmother took me to church, but like I made the decision to get baptized and all that. And I don't regret any of it. Um I definitely don't think I, I jive with the 
that specific denomination or really Christianity at all anymore. And I definitely don't have anything nice to say about LDS or the Catholic Church. Um, I. But the reason I was not having yeah. sex in high school was not because I was Catholic. It was because I was fat and ugly. So I didn't. That's a whole different topic. I didn't date much. And I had a therapist once tell me that that was weird. <laughs> Recently, like recently my va therapist they were like oh that's that's unusual and i'm like i don't think so i i i did date uh tyler's never not dated yeah i i uh i started dating we're actually it's here in october i started dating the girl i dated in high school on october 17th 2007 and i think from that day to now i've been single for less than 30 days i have been I, was gonna say, I can definitely count what i can definitely count in? on one hand the number of weeks since i've known tyler that he has not had a girlfriend and there there was three girls in that primarily there was a few other mix in there but there was like three big relationships tyler one of them tyler my entire my life, life has been a serial uh monogamist. i wouldn't say monogamist but like yeah that's probably not the right word a serial <laughs> a serial like define the relationshipist yeah, Tyler's had a been, lot of relationships that didn't need to be defined that were very much had labels on them. I have been single for seven years. Uh, I, I don't know how I would cope with that. Sometimes um, I'm in a hotel room for two days and I'm like, I cannot deal I with this. I was totally fine with living alone, not having a roommate um, until quarantine hit. Yeah. And then I went, you know, really wish I had. I, I do think a lot. I would love a house spouse because I make enough money. But, like, they could just stay at home with the cats. But, like, if I didn't have to do, like, the sweeping and mopping specifically, because I hate that, um, and, like, someone could go, like, do That is the low-hanging, like, gender not specific. Gender All not you specific. have to be able to do is sweep and mop, and you can be Julia's sugar baby. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, um, I have good health insurance. Like God, that's my Julia, you, would, you would make <laughs> such a great lesbian. <laughs> Except I don't like. It really is a tragedy. The sex part. <laughs> yeah. I'm not opposed dating a woman. I just am not sexually attracted to people. So as long as like you don't care, live your life. Like that, I want to sleep in a separate bed because I can't have anything touch yeah. me while I'm sleeping. Yeah, and cuddle Too on the couch. Right Granted, Ethan sleeps in this one, and my wife sleeps in this one. No, that's not true. Oh, my mom! My mom actually has a separate bed. Like not all the time, but like my old room got turned into a guest bedroom, and my dad snores. Uh, he has a C he has a CPAP now that helps. Mm -hmm. Um, and my mom's an insomniac, so about twenty five percent of the time, my mom sleeps in a different bed than my father. Oh, if, if if Caitlin continues to be on night shift forever, I don't know what the future of that looks like right now. It's very up in the air. If Caitlin continues to be on night shift forever, there's a solid chance that our next place we will have, like, I will have my own bed somewhere in the house where, like, I can nap or sleep when she's, like, using the bedroom. And that's, I, I mean, I've known married couples who have had separate bedrooms and it, that works for their relationship. So, yeah, at the end of the day, uh, whatever you do in your own house is your business and do what's best for you and your relationship. Yeah. Um, I hate sleeping in another bed with a, uh, in a bed with another human being. I truly do. I, I think I love. I love Caitlyn to death. She's my favorite person in the world, and I would gladly share a bed with her till the day I die. But like, I, I enjoy nights where I don't have to. If like, like, let me explain this to you in a way that like, if I end up in a position where I am breathing on myself, meaning like I am breathing on, I am uncomfortable. I can't even like be touching myself. <laughs> yeah. Like I cannot, my cat sleeps in such a way that she is not to, she knows not to touch me while I'm sleeping. I mean, like, look, I I'm, sleep. I'm so my wife, wife and I snore 
and I toss and turn. So like I'm an unideal bed partner. I get that. I uh I I mean I toss and turn, but I sleep with a chihuahua typically between my legs and then like a 40 pound mutt near me and then a lot of times like an 18 pound infant on me. Uh and then also Finster. my wife is near me. I miss and so then much. sometimes there's like a 30 pound toddler wrapped around my neck. Uh, and I just kind of deal with it, you know, but I wouldn't trade it for the world. Now I'm getting kind of excited about the thought of snuggling with my whole family. Oh, so, that's cute. I'm glad you enjoy that. I will say that like when I get in bed though, it's typically me and Sawyer on like a, th- we have a king on a third of the bed and then Stella sleeps in the closet. There's typically a pillow dividing Emily and I, not because we're like, I don't want to touch you. It's honestly because like we have the throw pillow and we just don't throw it. Uh- <laughs> yeah, you, you have a king bed. Caitlin and I will have to get a king bed the next place we do. We like we we, we do we do a queen right now and it's a small queen. Oh, and could. by that I mean it's like it's a pillow top mattress. So like there's a lot of unusable edge. Yeah. So which one is this the queen that you sleep on when you're here? Um, I slept on that one last time I was here or last when I when I stayed over this weekend because there was stuff on the other bed. Well, you, I mean, you can move it. Yeah, also, this is yours, by the way. <laughs> this this poster. Oh, is it? Yeah. You want to see it? Yeah. What is it? Bacon and eggs is brought to you by the king of Staten Island. Oh my God. I went. It's upside down. That's so funny because I went snooping around your basement looking for that poster. Did you really? Yeah. I left it in here because I was like, oh, he'll see it. He'll grab it. Because I thought. No, I didn't know it was in the fold. So I like, I left this chair here because this is where you play Hades, but you played downstairs. You like moved my switch. Yeah. Downstairs. Yeah. So I thought you would have moved this and be like, oh, what's in this folder? No, I moved your, I grabbed your whole switch and your broken controller. Your whole switch and your broken controller. I meant to move back, but I completely forgot. It's, it's not. Um, I play down there all the time. But yeah, it's just, I uh, went up there. I went up there at like midnight 30 and was like, I'm going to fall into bed. And I was like, oh, and I just fell into the bed that didn't have stuff on it. Totally and also, Sawyer. Sawyer ran up the puppy stairs and put himself to sleep, and then I got in the other bed and he couldn't get over there. <laughs> yeah, and they probably because he's a fucking Shiba. nightmare to sleep with. I love that little guy. He cu- uh, cuddles with, with me when we nap. I love that little guy to death. He's a nightmare to sleep with. He's so the best. Stella, to sleep with. Stella rolled her ass up against the wall, and we like fist bumped and went to bed. <laughs> and Sawyer was over there like. <laughs> put this out there and then the he parent. shit on the floor <laughs> that's my dog i'll put this out there for the parents who are listening to this uh finn and i he sleeps in a bassinet on his back like a baby's supposed to okay he didn't he didn't sleep in my bed or on my chest that's irresponsible parenting so i'll just i'll just go ahead and say that forget that i said that he sleeps on my chest on his chest Dude, that doesn't happen i love that kid so much me too He's the best. Dude. He's very cool. I love that kid. Olivia today. So you know how she usually does the ponytail, like the Bam Bam ponytail? On yeah. Top? She had a ponytail in the back today. And oh my I God. Was she's like, so old. I was like, oh my God. I I got to put money in your 529. I can't handle I this. I mean, yeah, oh. you probably should put money in the 529. I, I do. Don't worry. <laughs> College is expensive. I don't know if you knew that. Uh, and hopefully by then Elizabeth Warren will have saved Bella us all. Swan sends her college or spends her college fund on motorcycles. Oh, so fun fact: saw this today. We were talking about the unemployed. You mentioned the unemployed eighteen-year-old getting to Italy. Uh, Carlisle Cullen is ranked by Forbes as the number three richest fictional character. Yeah, I believe it. Really? Yeah. 
Like it's yeah, he has a daughter that can predict the stock market, and that's how they make money is from insider yeah. trading. She says that in the book, in this yeah. book, in in New Moon. Like they are, I think it's like six. Forbes did like the math. It's like six hundred and twelve billion dollars is what they're worth. Like more than Tony yeah. Stark, more than Bruce Edward, Wayne. Good lord! Literally in in Edward, in in New Moon, Edward is like, I don't know why you don't let me buy you an Audi and pay for your college. Like he's just gonna like stroke a check for Bella's college. All of it. Bella, take that money. College is so... I had quote-unquote free... Such, I hate Bella Swan so much. I, like, She's such an idiot. I had quote-unquote free college, and I still have $17,000 in students. All right, months. dude. So we are at an hour oh. and 38 minutes into this episode. I, Tyler, I know we need to wrap, and I know you need to go to bed. But real quick... <sighs> Let's talk about the Volturi. Oh, yeah. Let's talk about Michael she my guy Michael Sheen playing Arrow. What was David Tennant doing that he was... I mean, I guess he was in Doctor Who, but, like, it was he that busy that he couldn't be in Twilight? They probably too? couldn't afford him. I don't know. Could they? He was in Harry Potter around this time. Yeah, he was. And Michael Sheen is literally just playing D a David Tennant knockoff in this movie. That's fair. Michael Sheen, is he also... Is he Aziraphale? He's Aziraphale, yeah. Okay, that's what I thought. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um... Yeah, I don't know, man. Like they just letting the, they're just doing their thing, okay? Because there's that there's that interview, not that interview, that like Zoom show that they did together, where David Tennant's like, I was in Harry Potter, and Michael Sheen's like, for one movie, I was in Twilight. All fucking four of them. Let's go. <laughs> oh, I've seen that. And on David Tennant's like, I was Doctor Who, and Michael Sheen's like, not anymore. <laughs> <laughs> He's like hailed as the best doctor he's not even my favorite doctor from the he's Moffat era dude. also not no. my favorite but he is okay, i mean he's, all, he's three, fantastic all three we're all gonna list our favorite doctor from the post 2000 or the, yeah the, from the reboot one two three <laughs> matt, matt smith, smith. <laughs> matt smith yeah thank you yeah done it's about the writing right it's, i mean again it's, 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 again it's not tenant's fault it's not edward's fault it's not pattinson's fault it's source material okay um yeah the scripts in the tenant era are bad and the effects are bad and the direction's bad and the and the everything's bad and then for the 11th hour they're like yo what if we threw a lot of money at this and made it good i will say this hold on what is your all-time favorite who episode 2005 fawnward because i my favorite is a tenant episode hmm. Ooh. Ooh. so I have a favorite and it's tenant. not close for me a, it's an easy answer I have a favorite tenant episode and then I have a favorite yeah, I know what Tyler's is because like the episode that I would say is my favorite is a standalone episode mm -hmm. but then I have an arc like a like you know like the season arc right right, right. I would say the the crack is my favorite arc. Uh, yeah, I would say honestly, season six is my favorite arc. Is that not? Am I thinking of season five or season? You think of season, uh, season five. five? She's talking about season six. With I'm the, with you on season six. Um, okay, favorite. I think my single favorite episode is the um, the one where where he dies at Lake Silencio and they go to the diner. Yeah, no, that's a good one. That's like the that's. See episode one of season six. Yeah. Yeah. Um, my favorite standalone episode is Don't Blink. Oh, my favorite standalone is The Girl in the Fireplace. Oh, that one's good, too. So I thought you were going to say Family of Blood Part 1. Uh, Family of Blood. G Girl in the Fireplace is very good, though. I also love the... Uh, I love... I'm a big... I'm a big uh, Matt and Jenna fan. I'm a big Clara fan. I mm-mm mm-mm. That first that first season of of off the rails Matt Smith with with Jenna Louise Coleman is great. I uh, Clara the, the, is the, my the first least. the first Clara episode is great where she's yeah. a Dalek. That one's good. Um, where I didn't get the milk for the souffle. Oh. I didn't like the 
I didn't like her as a companion. Like really at all. Um, I, I didn't like her once they brought Capaldi. I think she was the wrong choice for Capaldi. I do think she but, was the wrong choice for Capaldi. Um, I, but I do really like him as well. I, I actually, I think he brings something very important to the show. Got rid of cable around midway through Capaldi's first season. So I've not seen. Capaldi I'll tell you if I got to pick a, if I got to pick a tenant episode though, I'll be 100 percent. Girl in the Fireplace is really good. If I got to pick a tenant episode, it's Midnight. Which one's Midnight? Is that the library? No, Midnight is the one where they are on the Diamond Planet, and and the Doctor goes without Donna and yeah. goes yeah, on yeah. the like the the Diamond Seeing excursion, mm-hmm. and they the they encounter the like mocking monster. Yeah, yeah, that one's a good one. I like just hold masterpiece on. I like, of writing and acting. I think truly. I like Vincent and the Doctor is a fantastic that one. one. Oh that's fuck, I forgot yeah. about that one. No, I yeah. also like Angels in Manhattan. No, that's. That is, Angel Manhattan's really good. Yeah. That one, well, uh, and Amy and Rory are my favorite. I mean, my cat's name is Amelia Pond. I had a kitten Yeah, named no, Amy and Rory Melody. are my favorite companions yeah. for sure. Like, that's a no-brainer. Mm-hmm. It's uh, Amy, Amy, Martha, Donna, or sorry, no, Amy, Clara, Martha, Donna Rose. So I think I would do Amy and Rory. I don't know anybody past Clara. I haven't watched the new one. Where I haven't, have the, the I haven't people. watched the newer ones either. Yeah. So I think mine would be Amy and Rory, because I think maybe Yeah, Amy Rory comes along with Amy. The, yeah. Um, and then we do not deserve Rory. Nobody Rory deserves Rory Williams. He's perfect. Yeah. Um, and then I think he's the, Donna. He's the plastic centurion that waited. I think Donna would then be my next. Then oh, I love Martha. I do love Martha. I love the Martha But I also episodes, like yeah. Rose. Bad Wolf. <sighs> yeah, I, I mean the Bad Wolf storyline is objectively fantastic. As good as it gets. I mean, for that we hey, hey team, hey team, how about we do this for a hash brown? Okay. Okay. I need a listener score, Ethan. Okay. Give me two seconds. To, to recap, I gave it a 61, Ethan a 65, Rotten Tomatoes a 28, Metacritic a 44, and Julia a 42. That leaves 25% to the listeners, which is you listening. If you want to tally your score and you don't even want to pay for Patreon, you don't even have to. You can join the Facebook group for free. I know it's Facebook. It's for boomers, but it's also for the Bacon and Eggs fans group. As it's long called as Bacon it's and Eggs fans. Up. I posted it today. No, I okay. was making a joke about yesterday. Oh, as long as Facebook is up. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> Uh, it is there. You can you can you can leave your score. We do take blurbs from the Discord, so if you want to join our Discord server, it's three dollars on Patreon. It's once a month, three dollar payment. It's like literally less than the price of a gallon of gas. You can totally afford it. It's like less than a Starbucks coffee, uh, and you get to hang out with an amazing, amazing group of people from an amazing community. It's not just the Bacon and Eggs listeners, but it's also the listeners of Unsobered, which is Julia's podcast. It's also the listeners of Sincerely Us and of Late to the Party and of perspective z and of uh curly critics and of that's what i'm talking about and i'm certain i just forgot somebody but i'm sorry i love you shit is catchy <laughs> shit is very catchy you're gonna have a rough eight months <laughs> uh but i mean yeah, it's, it's a fantastic community you can hang out with everybody there are community chats there's also like podcast specific chats um you can do everything from organizing a D game to just chatting with friends to sharing memes to defending your favorite uh, pasta shape, which I think I'm a rotini guy right now. Uh, penne. I'm, you penne? Yeah. Penne through and through? I'm like, see, penne makes me think of penne alla vodka, which is like the most pedestrian, like the only thing, only Italian dish worse than that could be like chicken parm. And it's not that penne alla vodka or chicken parm don't taste good. They're just very pedestrian dishes. I want to be very clear about that because they do taste good. They're just not good. 
if that makes sense. You know what I mean? Like, anyway, so I'm a Rotini guy right now. I'm also a big fan of like the bicycle wheel shape. Like if you can find bicycle wheel shapes pasta, okay, okay, I'll, okay. I'll okay. Tyler, eat shut that up every pasta. day. I gotta look for store. <laughs> <laughs> uh, this gets a 63 for the bacon and eggs listeners. Goodness. That brings us to a bacon and egg score of 55.75, which of course rounds up to a 56. Uh, 56 puts it at just above He's All That. Oh, man. <laughs> I did not think a film was going to come between He's All That and Space Jam A New Legacy. But here my it is. My 100%er on Space Jam wins again. My 100%er on He's All That loses. Anyway, that has been another episode of Bacon and Eggs. We have gone over time talking about Twilight. Julia, thank you so much for joining us, informing us about Mormonism and Twilight. Tell us where we could find you and your podcast on the internet, oh, please. So you can find my podcast as uh, Unso. You can find my podcast at wbne.org or wherever you get your podcasts. Uh, it's called Unsobered Badass Women Through History and Literature. You can find me at Julia Goes Texas on all social medias uh, and YouTube at Julia Goes. That's right. You certainly can. And if you like this show, or if you like Unsobered, or if you like any of the shows, the WBNE Network, you should check out all the other shows. Here's an amazing preview for the show Curly Critics. It's hosted by Carrie and Jade. They're fantastic. And there's a preview for it right here. Hi, I'm Curly and she's Critic and we're the... No, wait. Our introduction goes like this. I'm Carrie. And I'm Jade. And we're the Curly Critics and we review pop culture every week. Check us out as we review New Girl. The Narnia movies. And coming very soon, Harry Potter. New episodes out every Monday, wherever you get your podcasts or on WBNE.org. And don't forget, beavers aren't real. Anyway, that has been another episode of Bacon and Eggs. Our graphics by Vaishon Brandon. Uh, graphite. Nope. Sorry. Anyway, that's been another episode of Bacon and Eggs. Our graphics by Vaishon Brandon at Vaishon Designs on Instagram. Our music by Andrew Scott Bell. Andrew Scott Bell Music.com. If you are listening to this on October 7th, 2021, Tyler and I are going to be taking the next two calendar weeks off. So there will not be a new episode of Bacon and Eggs on either October 14th or October 21st. You know why? Because we've been doing this for four years and we've earned it. And also I'm going out of town then Tyler's going out of town. <laughs> there will be reruns of some of our favorite episodes. So if you're new to the show or even if you've been listening for a long time, there will be some not best of content because we're not going to edit anything new, but some some of our favorite episodes yeah. in the in the intermediary weeks. So uh, but look, look forward to us coming back on October 28th with Twilight colon Eclipse, which is my and, favorite. <laughs> well, we should have had you on for that one. then. <laughs> Uh, but yeah, that's that's going to be a good time. I'm very excited. I will probably have read all the books by then, so I will have lots of advanced knowledge of the Twilight Saga. Anyway, um, and if you're listening to this on October 7th, I, I Ethan Edgehill, am going to be streaming on Twitch playing Hades tonight at 7 p.m. Eastern Standard Time. Committing to it. Um, so if you're listening to this, come join me. Hang out. Let's talk about Twilight. Let's talk about whatever you want. Uh, and... I'm going to keep playing Hades for a little while because I'm enjoying it. And after that, I'm going to start taking some suggestions. I want to start trying to stream more often. I've been enjoying it. But anyway, that is it. Come join me tonight, 7 o'clock p.m. If you're listening to this in the future, uh, happy July 31st, 2025. Welcome to Bacon and Eggs. My name is Ethan Edgehill. If we still make this show, hell yeah. Uh, if not, sorry. Bye. Anyway, until next time, Arrivederci. Anabolic steroids are really bad for you.